Hello, and welcome to Movies We Dig, the podcast about film, antiquity, and everything in between. I'm Colin McCormick. I'm Elijah Fleming. And I'm Christy Vogler. And today we're talking about Thermae Romae Novae, a 2022 anime based on the manga series Thermae Romae by Mary Yamazaki. Uh, we also today have a very special guest returning to talk about yet another animated feature. We're joined by Chiara Soprizio, senior lecturer at Vanderbilt University and creator of the web archive Animated Antiquity. Welcome, Chiara. It's great to have you back on the show. Yay. Thank you. I'm so happy to be back and excited to be yeah talking about anime with you all again. And this is a long awaited because we've known we wanted to do things in this universe basically since we first learned about this this manga and there's a live action movie and there's a sort of shorter anime but then when the most recent anime came out we were like we have to we have to get Kiara back on and then so we like put it in the we had it sort of in the in the lineup for like almost a year now I think I know yeah I I kind of I don't know I went off into some cave or something, but I've emerged and I'm, ex- you know, excited to, to talk about this. So yeah, I think it's been good to let it simmer. I think too a little bit. This one, yeah. Well, it you got to soak, right? It's got to soak. It's got to it's got to let the detritus come off, right? You gotta you gotta get the fully. Preferably, feel you're your sh- soaking in the wine bath because, like, <laughs> so I don't know how I feel about that one. <laughs> uh, but we'll start out uh, with our guests and then move around to, to all the hosts and, and with our basic question, which is, do you dig this show? Yes, I dig this show. I have to tell you, this is the intersection of so many of my favorite things, honestly. It's um, obviously animation. It's Japanese culture and the ancient world. And I am a Hot Springs fanatic, um, side note that you might yes. not know this is I used to write a blog called Swimming in LA when I used to live in Los Angeles. And um, I was like all about like reviewing different places to go swimming. And I'm from Nevada, which is, you know, Sierra Nevada is like mm-hmm. hot spring Mecca. And so I live to like soak, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so not only is this just completely made for my very niche demographic it's just so delightful it's such a fun show that it's one of those things like it's so weird that it, it, mm-hmm. and it's so like wrong that it's right or something or it's just like how does it work I don't know but it does mm-hmm. so I very much enjoyed it I, I've always been like a, a fan of the manga and everything I've never seen the film, to be totally honest. The, the yeah. live action. I watched, I watched the music video based on the film, I think, which is two guys dressing up and fighting in a bathroom. Yeah, it can be kind of tricky to track down. I've only I've seen some clips. It's on Crunchyroll if you have Crunchyroll. Right. Okay, good to know. Uh, and it's like a, it's like a, there's a whole franchise here to explore. There's a, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a sequel. It's, I imagine it's a little more narrativized. Sure. Um, but yeah. But yeah, I don't know. What about what about you, Elijah? How do you? Uh... I <laughs> I I'm usually the the like big stick in the mud when it comes to animated and cartoons, and I know this, but I really dig this. This was so much fun. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. just like cackling to myself as I watched it, and kind of I was asking questions of like, who is this for? Like, who is this audience? And I answered that question with Colin McCormick. Like, this was yeah. made for Colin, <laughs> and he texts me, and he's like the vibes i'm watching it in the bath and i'm like yep yeah, <laughs> yeah i 
watched an episode and then I paused it and I and I drew a bath and got into the bathtub and watched like five more episodes. That is hilarious because I am not a person who likes to bathe in a bathtub. I love to like hot springs or even just, yes. you know, swim in the swimming pool. But I too took a bath and watched <laughs> one episode. It was that inspiring. So Absolutely. I love that we were on the same page about that. Yeah. yeah. So even even me, even the kind of stick in the mud that I usually am, I just this was so quirky and delightful and fun in so many ways. Um, so yeah, I super dig it. Can I follow that up since Kiara has shared a little bit? Like, what is your bathing experience or like been to Roman or Japanese baths? Like in my life, like just whatever. Yeah, I, I figured we could all. Sh- yeah, we could all share yeah. that too because we're all experts in baths. It seems like. <laughs> I like it. I know. Who knew? Um, I So obviously I've done a lot of like hot springs in the West Coast. I've never been to Japan, but it's like, I'll tell you a funny story. My kid one time asked me like, what is like your dream? Like, If you could be any place right now, where would you want to be? And I was like, I want to be in the onsen with the snow monkeys. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I, I was thinking about it because I was like, man, like, like you know, I was a- asking myself, I was watching the first episode. I'm like, you know, bathing is like so such a big part of Japanese culture. Like even the like monkeys bathe. And then like the next episode, it's the the monkeys in the hot springs. <laughs> um, no, everything. I love it. And um, so I will say, so I've never been to Japan. So I haven't had the bathing experience in Japan yet. It's like on the list. In Italy, I've obviously like gone into the sea, but I haven't gone to too many hot springs. So there, there, there are some um, that are on my list. They're just, it's hard to get to them if you don't have a car and stuff. So it's, it's a bit of a challenge, but uh, two years ago for mother's day, I took myself to a place called the Stufa di Nerone, which is in the Campi Gray, right outside of Kumai. And it's supposedly a bath that like the, the Nero's stove, right? That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. And um, supposedly it was like a place that has been in consistent use as like a, as a bath um, or as a hot spring since the antiquity. Um, And it was really nice. Actually, I really enjoyed it. And they have like this mud pit where you smear mud on yourself and like hang out in the mud. They have a like heated swimming pool. They have like saunas, everything. So that was, that was a super fun experience that I had in Italy that I would say is probably the closest thing I've gotten to traditional Roman, you know, bathing ever in my life. Nice. Well, I, just been to Japan. I have been to Japan. I, I was so, oh. so very fortunate to visit my little sister who was studying abroad. And this was like five, six years ago now, which when I was looking for pictures, I was like, Oh my God, this was a really long time ago. And that was terrifying. But we, stayed we were in Tokyo for a little bit and then she was at the University of Nagoya so we were in like a kind of a smaller town and we stayed in like a little old traditional hotel like bamboo mats and like you know you pulled out the beds from the cupboards and it had a little private onsen connected to the hotel and it was the most fun experience it was like there with my family so it was my mom and my sister and we got to go into the onsen and I think, yeah, the big thing is we we all have tattoos. And so sometimes it's like not not kosher. It's not okay. But because it was like connected to the hotel, everybody seemed fine with it. But my sister, who like lived there for months, um, said that she would put bandages over her tattoos to go with her friends to the onsen. Mm-hmm. But it was just so much fun. And it looked exactly like the bath that 
he pops up in in the first episode. There's like the tile floor and the little like buckets and the little stools and the little like faucets on the walls. I'm like, this looks exactly like it. It was Mm -hmm. so cool. It was so, so cool. And I feel so lucky to have that experience. Yeah. Uh, the closest thing I think I've ever done to – I'm not as well-versed in, in natural hot springs or, or bathing culture, although I do love just taking baths in my own home. I do that constantly. Uh, I've ruined a computer or two because I was oh, trying no. – I was watching stuff in the bathtub and water got onto the keyboard and you know busted some keys. Um, <laughs> but the closest thing I think that for me was when I was much, much younger, I was visiting my aunt who was living in Peru and we went to where Machu Picchu is. And at the base of the sort of mountain where Machu Picchu is situated is a town called Aguas Calientes because they have these hot springs there. And it was okay. It was a little on the crowded side. The water was not super hot and it was dark. And, but I kind of got the vibe that the water was, it had a lot of people in it. Um, but it was still pretty cool and pretty fun. I, I like that a lot. What about you, Christy? Any good hot yeah. springs experience? Yeah. So like actual Roman baths, like I've been to Piazza Marina in Sicily a bunch, which is just going to see the music mosaics is really cool. And then I yeah. went to the baths of Caracalla in Rome um, mm. last time, which is like, if you need an easy day trip, I don't think it costs any money to check it out, but like a really cool site in Rome, go to the, go, go to the baths. Cause they're really neat. Yeah. Um, but ironically, like my actual bathing experience is all in Greece because I did I I went to um, Thermopylae, which they have some hot springs. There. I didn't get to bathe in it, but mm, I got to like yeah. touch the water. And it's then, a, uh, how would you describe the the water at Thermopylae in terms of it, the odor? It's very sulfurous, isn't it? It reminds yeah, me more of like I, a bad egg smell, and yeah, it's very I'd, stinky. It's a stinky, yeah, downtown, <laughs> a stinky place. Hot <laughs> Gates is a good name for it. Um, yeah, the actual it's called the Stinky Gates because it stinks so bad. Um. <laughs> the, the fun one though is um, going to Thera Santorini, and uh, we took a, a sailboat to the caldera, and there there is like a like where the water is heated, and they have the special mud, so everyone jumps off the sailboat covers themselves in mud and just hangs out for a bit. And like, that was probably my mm-hmm. best bathing experience um, in something that wasn't a bathtub. So we should probably contextualize a little bit for our audience. If they're not familiar with the show yet and wondering why we've been talking about bathing in hot springs is the <laughs> premise of this first, the manga, and then this, this anime adapted from it is centered around Lucius Modestus, a Roman bath architect during the reign of Hadrian who in a sort of desperate moment where he's he's desperate for new ideas to create novel, innovative baths for the Romans to satisfy their growing appetites for bathing, finds himself magically transported to Japan. And basically every episode, this you know, the show is very sort of serialized, although there are some continuing plots. Mm-hmm. But basically the formula is each episode, he has some kind of problem. He's trying to create a bath for a particular situation. And he through a sort of hot tub time machine situation, basically falls through to the future into Japan where he experiences Japanese bathing culture and then brings what he learns back in time to ancient Rome to innovate the sort of whole bathing culture and save the empire. Yeah. And, and Colin, did you dig it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was, I mean, if it wasn't obvious, I, a little context. So, We've been, for the show, if you've been listening along, we've been watching a lot of television series set in Rome that are very drama heavy, very actorly, very serious and growly tossed. And 
it's being very exhausting for me and a little bit of drudgery. And this was like water in the desert for me, or I guess it was like a hot bath. It was just so pleasant <laughs> that so much that I texted my co-host about how much I was enjoying it. And I got into the bathtub to watch it. If I haven't said that on mic already. And it, this was, I think, I don't think I'm going to recommend anything we've reviewed on the show as hard as I would recommend this show. It is pure good vibes. How did I know that? How did I know yeah. that? Yeah. You call this it? is this takes this is the favorite my favorite thing I've reviewed so far. Um, oh, I was wow. afraid That's I was my praise. Yeah, and there was Olivia in it. We still had Livia, just yeah. not right. Livia Drusilla. I want to come back to Livia in a sec because I was afraid because when I first heard about this, I was like, "That sounds amazing," and I already love it on premise alone. And then when I started, I was like, "Oh no, what if it's not good? What if I don't like it?" And <laughs> within about 10, 15 minutes, I was. My, my fears were completely absolved because not only also is it just this little episodic fun bit about time traveling, bathing culture, but also every episode ends with like a mini documentary where the creator, yeah. Mari Yamazaki, travels to a different onsen or, or bathhouse in Japan and like learns a little bit. Of it. And so it's like a little mini documentary and it's wonderful. And I uh, yeah. it, it was what I needed. It was it was a great sort of palliative particularly at the end of the semester when it's dark and cold and, and we just want to be done with grades and grading and teaching and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say that I, I, I dig this also, but for me who like, I'm really into anime, I have to admit it was very jarring to see what I often attribute as like Japanese mannerisms to like a Western world. And like, that was so weird to think about, but I was also in love with it because how often do you get this perspective of people that aren't British or aren't American recreating the Roman world and you get a little bit of their own culture reflected in that reimagining? And so like it was jarring at first, but it was such a cool experience that like I've never really seen before when watching all of the stuff about Rome we've been watching <laughs> recently. So that that was really cool. For sure. Yeah, I would say just I was thinking about that also. And I was reading around and somebody talked about this idea of like reverse reception, um, mm -hmm. which I thought was really useful here. Because yeah, I think so much of what we're looking at is this straight line of, you know, Rome, Britain, us or something like that. Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Mm -hmm. and then like, this was, I would say, right. He's taking Japanese culture back with him, but it's also reflected even just like you said, Christian, like this infusion of maybe Japanese mannerisms, culture, like language, even <laughs> somewhat, mm -hmm. um, especially in the dubbed version, there's like some weird stuff, you know, things that like don't come through in translation quite sort of being like retrojected back into Rome, which I don't think we mm -hmm. see that a ton in a lot of the, you know, film and, and television uh, adaptations yeah. of the ancient world. So that was like a nice... I don't know. Yeah, it's weird, but it, it's like kind of felt good. I like, yeah, I like it that is, about it. In, you know, speaking very broadly, but like anime is ten, it tends to be very mannered, right? Where it, it's it's sort of a hyper realistic kind of genre where the way people act and behave is is very dialed up a lot. And then we get that kind of just the way people like the intensity of everything when he like he eats something so good, he cries and the sort of fervor that everybody has for whatever it is they're doing, right. For mm -hmm. building baths or, or the, the civic pride. Um, and what I thought was also, I found kind of so interesting is the, the sort of through line, the cultural inroads that the show kind of makes where 
as I was watching one of the the an interview with the creator, she basically was saying how like the premise, the origin of the show was she was living abroad for a very long time. She spent something like 20 years living abroad. And the thing she missed most was baths and bathing. And and particularly she was living in Italy, but also Portugal and and the UK and I think the US at some points. And she lives in Chicago now, apparently. Yeah. And and so we should have got her on the show. Um, (laughs) Ouch. uh, we love you, uh, Kiara. Sorry. No, not as an <laughs> instead of Kiara, like a you know. Um, in addition to yes, yes, thank you. Uh, but but you know, most of these places will have just like a tiny apartment with a shower, right? That's like a pretty standard thing in say like Italy. And her just her you know her longing for for bathing culture, and then also just the connection of like the I guess this is maybe my first question of like the importance, the cultural importance placed on bath and bathing. Both for Rome, but then also uh, in Japan as the show kind of constructs it, right? Like the way like baths are so integral to everything happening kind of in the world, right? They are like the the expression of Romanitas, if we could call it that. <laughs> I would say, obviously, it's like over the top, you know, and I'm, that's part of the charm of it. And I, I would be curious to hear what you guys think about Lucius Modestus, right? And the, his <laughs> earnestness. Um, in his approach to the world, um, because obviously that's, you know, I think part and parcel of this over the top approach to it. But I, I kind of like it as a I mean, I don't know if I'm a Roman historian per se, but as a classics person, like I do think so much emphasis in media and in even in class, like even in the context of, of school um, is like the usual battles gladiators, Mm -hmm. Julius Caesar. It's so hard to work against that. And, you know, this is totally your, like, thinking about the Roman Empire every day nonsense. So this just offers this totally different way in to understanding, like, the glue that held Rome together, the thing that made it work. So, like, we all overplay gladiator battles as, you know, this unique, essential element of what it meant to be Roman. Why not Baz? I say yes. Like, sure, why not? Let's let's overstate the case slightly. But, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yeah, I love that that vision of it because I think it's so true that we focus so much on the the military and the violent side of things. And like there wasn't really any of that in this story. There was one time where he like fought a guy with a broom, right? Because he was being <laughs> rude in the bath. But like that was the most violence that we had in this Roman story. And I feel like that's so unheard of to tell a story about ancient Rome without focusing on some aspect of violence. Hey, there was some actual plotting happening in the last episode between the Senate and the emperor, (laughs) which was very on par for more of the shows we were watching. And then it was solved by a good bath, right? It It was all of our problems can be solved if we just relax and we all calm down. And I kind of (laughs) love that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's archaeologically thinking, uh, especially in the military, military presence is like baths were actually essential for building community between soldiers on the front lines and the people that they were conquering in a lot of ways. And it was also where our most vulnerable, right, when you're not wearing any clothes and you're taking a bath Mm -hmm. and that is a shared space and you know, what, what does it say to, you know, you could 
be bathing with the emperor as easily as just a lowly soldier in some ways. Now, the emperor probably has his own abode, as we saw many a time, but... (laughs) It didn't seem that ex- extreme when you like actually stopped to think about it because, yeah, baths were something built into Roman forts on the front line to like help. To even just run with that, they're so integral to civic life for Romans yeah. that I think it's it's telling that baths in Rome weren't just baths. They also were gyms. They were social events, right, where you go and there's poems and other literary evidence about people. You know, it's kind of part of your social life to hang out at the baths and, and get the gossip and the news and get dinner invitations. And, um, you know, there was politicking Baths would also see, they would even have like libraries and public venues, right? They were, they were cultural centers. And, you know, I'm trying to think of like, maybe there were a more, a closer equivalent is like a YMCA or something like that, but they yeah. are, they serve like a civic function and they are a part of daily life. And they're, they're, when I, I take students abroad and, and, one of the when you ever get to a Roman site anywhere in the Mediterranean, there's almost always a bath, and it's also it's one of the most easily identifiable buildings you can encounter. Um, totally. They have a very, very iconic architecture. There's things like mosaics that will jump right out. They are also they're a center for art and sculpture. Mm-hmm. There's a whole episode. I love that there was a whole episode about the sort of what art he's displaying in the bath. You know, it's a place for viewing. Um, among all, there's so many things that baths did for Rome that in some ways are kind of alien to a lot of, to us because they don't, aren't in our, you know, my bathtub is not my part, a part of my social life. It's the opposite. It's a very reclusive space for me, but for them, it was part of this larger culture. Um, I lost the thread there, but someone please take it away. <laughs> I think that the comparison, like, yeah. Uh, so Andy and I have been going to a local rec center and I used to have a gym membership at planet fitness. And it seems like such a, performative space for a very specific group but like an actual rec center for the community it's like depending on the time of day we have figured it out because we've gone at different times so you have the like the old folks hanging out early in the morning very sweet like want to chat you up you have the after school crowd that they're like half the time sitting on their phones on the machines and half the time trying to like impress their friends doing too much weights and then like tonight we learned the late night crew is like more of the like serious closer to our age gym people and it's it's so cool to see that huge difference of community coming into that space and using it and socializing in it in different ways that it's really fun to then take those ideas like Mari Yamazaki was taking of like her experience of like those spaces in Japan and then Kind of, I mean, that's what we all do, right? Like we try to understand the past by based on our own experiences and what we enjoy and how we interact with others. And this was a new and different way to see it for 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 me as part of a Western audience. So I'll ask a question because I'm just curious to just like dig in a little more. Like, what was your favorite innovation that yeah. you know that, that Lucius came back with and implemented like what was your like uh, you know what tickled you the most of his of his I I loved his uh, reimagining of the lazy river by putting actual yes. horse like wooden horses in it, <laughs> it so, so that kids could learn how to ride I love yeah, that. It, it, there is something kind of true to Roman that it, of course it would be some kind of like military training or something <laughs> like that <laughs> <laughs> and the water slide. 
I kind of like the one where he reinvents hotel culture in Rome um, for the idea of like a hotel with like quality hotel service and like a meal and, you know, music and dinner and things like that. When he stayed in the taverna that was all run down and he kind of like whipped it into shape. I will say that episode was a little bit the most disturbing for me because he returns Basically, after having received a foot job in the bath. And I'm I like, <laughs> wow. Like, okay. Why did this just get randomly, randomly weird? <laughs> this is a sidebar, but I, for the longest time, thought Lucius was was supposed to leave his wife. That was like kind of where we were building. And, and maybe I imagined this, but I thought he was going to like find love in the future or something. I did too. Um, he is. I'm um, Spoiler alert. So I don't want to ruin anything for anybody, but if you've read through the whole manga, this, so basically what, there is in this season is like the first volume it's split into six volumes in Japan and it's three volumes in the States. So the first volume is the the first two in Japan put together. So this season covered most of that first English volume and a little bit of the second, but in the second and third volumes, he meets this girl in the future named Satsuki, who is a geisha who is like a fangirl of ancient Rome and knows Latin. And so Mm -hmm. they strike up a a relationship and he ends up staying in Japan for longer. And there's this whole plot about like this Yakuza group that's trying to like take over this spa town and develop it. And and then there's like the, uh, the old schoolers who want to preserve it the way that it is. So there's that like tradition versus innovation, you know, motif that's, present throughout and then they end up getting together and actually like it ends with them having a baby oh, and, she, and she goes back to rome with him so wow this is what hallmark movies could be right I, i'm tired of <laughs> i don't mean like, you know ms business saving christmas and you know for the for the christmas tree farm right i want this time traveling yes. hot tub time mob. machine hot tub yeah. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Okay. So that, that changed because the end of this episode or the end of the season, sorry, the end of the season caught me by surprise a little bit where Hadrian reunites him with his wife. And I was like, oh, I thought. Anyway. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Same. I'm curious to see. Well, A, I was looking around to find out, is there going to be a second season? I cannot find anything. So I really don't know. And if anybody out there knows, or if you guys know anything about it, please share. But it's pretty quiet. It seems like there's space for that. There's certainly like a continuation of the story in the manga. Mm-hmm. So I think that the inclusion of that character, this sort of geisha character was a nod towards this figure, Satsuki. But I don't know if it'll, I don't know if she'll come back. I don't know if it'll be her or if it was just sort of like a wink at that yeah. plot line. So yeah. yes, it's very sort of unclear. Like what? what well, and through net, yeah, through Netflix, because we, we know that from the Parlopanides brothers doing Blood of Zeus. Like how many years? Three, three years yeah. between season yeah. one and season two. So yeah, like that is coming back. But yes, yeah. it, it's like a little more nebulous what's happening here. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Particularly like post writer strike. I don't know. And Netflix mm-hmm. really seems yeah. to be like the whole streaming industry right now is in this weird kind of fulcrum it feels like where it's kind of there it's the bubble is maybe bursting or has right. burst and so a lot of things have been getting canceled or moved around so everything mm-hmm. is in this weird limbo so who's to say yeah eli do you have a favorite one i really liked the the like the warm floors where they just like lay oh, yeah. and relax on the floors mm-hmm. because i feel like that would feel so good <laughs> so yeah. if you go to the korean spa in Los Angeles or probably any Korean, not every Korean spa has it, but they have it in the Korean spas. And it is the oh most gosh. wonderful thing. You lay on Ugh. these little 
mat- like thin mattresses on the floor and it's like heated and it feels so amazing. I have had that experience. Uh, I just, I want that so bad. I just want to lay on the floor and be warm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's like the seat warmers in my car. That's the best innovation yes. ever. Yes. I love seat warmers. I actually don't like car seat warmers because they make me feel like I need to pee. Um, like, and, and like paranoid that I am peeing. That's like kind of, you this, never this, lived like, in the Midwest. Did you, those things are, no, I mean, I'm from up yeah, like yeah. I'm aware okay. of the cold, but no, like my mom like loves heated seats in the car. She's like adamant about it. But like, for some reason I just like, it's, I don't know. It's too weird for me. Um, what about you, Kara? Do you have a, do you have a highlight? Speaking of, of, of peeing, I guess I, <laughs> I, okay. I think I really, I did really enjoy the water slide one. <laughs> Um, having just gone to Holiday World like two or three months ago, I was <laughs> feeling very, you know, like, like into that with my kids and everything. But I really liked the bidet. I really oh, liked yeah. when he was in the showroom and and then he saw the fish thing. Or the <laughs> no, I guess it wasn't a fish tank, it was a television. Yeah, he, with the jellyfish. Right. Yeah. So he and so he how he recreated that for Hadrian. <laughs> And then had that funny little bidet, which like looked like the Nazone a little bit, right? <laughs> just like <laughs> continuously running water. And that that episode was just funny because it was like he wasn't exactly in a bathing context, right? He was in the store, and so the mm-hmm. girls were like kind of tripping out, or like who is this guy? <laughs> like th- th- there was some like humor there, and then the fact that mm-hmm. he like had to go to the bathroom the whole time and stuff. I and was like, <laughs> so I appreciated the sort of like lower bodily stratum element of, of that one. I thought there was like a lot of humor there. Uh, yeah. In addition to just the the recurring joke of every time he pops up in Japan, he is just butt ass naked. Um, <laughs> yes. But the running joke of like that he's like cut, right? And everybody acknowledges that. that he's the, and like somebody at one point says he looks like a Greek statue. And that and generally all the Romans seem like they are hitting the gym twice a day. But I do really like that he kind of the, the, the humor of him standing up in his like perfectly sculpted physique, you know, and then infecting baths. Yeah, I, I couldn't decide half the time if like people were just I know Japanese culture is often portrayed as like very helpful and everything like that. But it's like, is it because he's so attractive and a foreigner or like that's really just how Japanese people are? Everybody all the time. rolls with like, it, right? Yeah, they really like, do. Oh. <laughs> Which I think is part of just like the magic of this show is just that yeah. nobody really mm-hmm. like questions anything. They're just like. Wow, it seems like you're having a hard time. You want some food or some sake or here, have a bath. And it's just, it's like everybody's taking a big, deep breath and they can just mm-hmm. be kind to each other. I'm like, wow, what what a way to go about your life in the world. We need well, more I of guess that. I think like the Zania factor, the hospitality yes. factor, like obviously is important in antiquity. I think that maybe Mari Yamazaki is also trying to push a, like a slightly different portrait of the Japanese as not like closed off for, mm-hmm. you know, this like isolated sort of, um, yeah. I don't know about isolated, but just mm, the cult, this monoculture, right. That right. they're still kind of like welcoming and open and sort of willing to accept the foreigner, um, in their own way. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so I think that's like a kind of a nod to like, yes, we also practice hospitality. It'd yes. be mm-hmm. like, we're also maybe different than that stereotypical picture you might have of us in our culture, mm-hmm. um, which I kind of appreciated too. Sure. And also with, with the commonalities, I'm thinking of the episode where he meets the 
bath architect from uh, modern day Japan who has the same, you know, the problem with like satisfying the client and, you know, is the, the client, what if the client is gaudy, which also is a funny little note about right, where Lucius is very disparaging of <laughs> Friedman and the yeah. sort of nouveau riche in Rome, uh, which had a very, it felt very Petronius satiricon, like, yes. Gatsby, like mm-hmm. mocking the formerly enslaved now uh, rags to riches individuals who in Rome, there is some connotations you get of them as a little on the the gaudier side with their choices and things like their funerary decorations and the houses they build and the um parties they throw and things like that you get that in i think both material and literary evidence that this brings me to an important question real quick did you guys watch it in um dubbed english or did you watch the subs subs for me okay subs for me i watched it dubbed Okay. I did watch it dubbed, but I and I sometimes I switched. I would like go back okay. and forth to like see if something was different. But I mostly did dubbed. For dubbed, you guys missed the best part of that scene where the statues of Venus and they're talking about like we want a really voluptuous. The way it's said in Japanese is boing boing. And no, I'm- <laughs> no. <laughs> Why does it have to be that weird? <laughs> 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 and the, 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 the sculptor is like i don't know if i can make them that big like it's like a structural <laughs> issue at that point of like i don't know if i can carve them actually that way oh. again oh i'm like who is the audience for this like is this for like tiny children or is this for like a t- i don't know i, don't- <laughs> I mean if you like it, it's so fitting for like actual other anime that I'm I'm very much used, especially isekai sort of anime, mm-hmm. it's very mm-hmm. in this thread of things. So how was the Latin then? Because I realized that every once in a while Latin was actually spoken, but because yeah. it was always a foreign language to me, I'm like, oh mm-hmm. wait, that's not that's not Japanese anymore. That's I would actually say Latin. there was quite a bit of Latin actually. Yeah. And yeah. I was mm-hmm. dying to kind of figure out who wrote all that Latin. And I couldn't mm-hmm. I looked through the credits and stuff and I couldn't discern any particular person, but I'm I am very curious to know like who advised on that or who did the translating or whatever. I think she did some of it in the actual manga. Like there is Latin in the manga, obviously, too, but it seemed like there was maybe more. I didn't go back and like hyper inspect it, but what I was catching, like Sounded pretty good. Same, yeah. yeah. I was like, he says like, uh, what, like gratias ago or something. And I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, all right. Like it, you, you've got like some of the pattern down. And there was some things when he was saying something about the money that he was like using his, his money and he wanted to buy the guy's modern money that I was mm-hmm. like, is that the word we would use for that? But like most of it seems again, yeah, it seemed to like, okay, that works. Yeah, I had no nippy. I definitely watched not all of the part of a sort of YouTube video of a kind of spoken Latin guru who went through and watched and listened to the Latin in all of the different dubs. So not oh, just the awesome. Japanese dub, like yeah. so the way the Latin is was spoken by the Japanese voice actress, but also the Italian and the French and the Portuguese and and the English and things like that. And it was pretty interesting. One of the things that I that he noticed was that in the Italian dub, they changed the Latin. So like there's one part, like one of the first things he says in the first episode is he says like, Ducre amicum meum possum or something like that. Like, can I bring my friend is, is the idea. And or in the Italian, they changed the wording around and it was something like a hic ferro or, or they, they changed. And maybe there was something to that of the Italians being like, no, 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 no. It, it was supposed to be like this or something like that. But <laughs> um, 
there is a fair amount of that video that I watched was mostly focused on the phonology and, and the phonetics of all the s- syllables and vowels and consonants and stuff, which for me is a diminishing returns avenue. But grammar wise, I think it was I mean, I was fine, but also, you know, I, I was just so happy to be there. I, I'm not going to come at it for the Latin. That's not, <laughs> right. Yeah. right. No, I think it's it's so fun that like we know what he's saying, even if he's speaking Latin, there's like subtitles and you know what the people speaking Japanese are saying, like we are hearing as the audience, both sides of this conversation, but they can't understand each other. And I love that dynamic because they're Mm -hmm. just playing off of each other and trying to work out. And he's like, they must, he's trying to poison me when he like has the bad (laughs) sake. And he's like, dude, I'm so sorry. Like you, let's get you something else. And just like that back and forth and that confusion and that tension, I think is makes such a wonderful and engaging story. And I really love it. In the dubs, is it kind of the same where like when he goes to Japan, he's 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 now speaking in Latin and then the rest of the time he's okay. except if it's in his head, if he's like speaking in his head, it's it's like English, I guess. But if he speaks out loud, it's Latin. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there were a couple weird moments where it would say something. I, I wish I could like conjure up. There was one at the very, the very end, which was to me, maybe it was a, I don't know if you guys saw this, but the, the last like shot is this like epitaph that says, yes. Omnes Thermae, uh, Roman, but then it's, I think it's supposed to say Dukant with a C, but it looked very much like a G to me. And I was, I couldn't decide if was it a, just a weird font choice or was it a kind of trip at the finish line thing? Yeah, that was weird. I remember that. I okay. I found this. I wrote down and said, "I hope your body betrays you to the fury of Brunus." <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like Brutus. I was still like, I don't know what that means, but you know, every once in a while, there would be just a weird little thing like that. Um, but I there's like a charm to that because it's sort of this lost in translation. Like you know, we're, we're at like so many removes, right? We're doing yeah. Latin through Japanese dubbed into English. So I'm like. Hey, whatever works here is fine. But yeah, every once in a while there'd be like something little like that. But I, um, I, I feel the same way. Like I'm not going to like pick apart the Latin necessarily. It's just nice for there that there is Latin there. And I would just say this generally about the whole series is like Yamazaki. It's almost like this like edutainment thing going on, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you get just a little bit of Latin. You get all of this architectural d- drawings and just dropping in like a little reference to the insulae or a little reference to and just enough to like pique your interest if you don't know what it is, but to like appease those of us who do know what's going on. Be like, oh yeah, she kind of like knows her stuff. And also I think just emphasizing how like you can learn a lot through like maybe visual communication. It doesn't have to be like someone lecturing you about it, like just by looking at, you know, the statues or the, you know, the, the, the structures, the buildings, when he draws the little plan for the guy of the bath, got the little like, you know, caldarium, um, you know, like all that on it, like just a nut, you know, I just felt like there was such a great balance struck of like entertaining us, but also educating us at the same time that that was very savvy to me yeah like, yeah and you like when they go to tivoli that was the one that really jumped out at me and i'm like oh tivoli that's right and it looks like that was tivoli right i was looking yeah, right at it yeah. with his you know hadrian's first of all like 
if I were ever to build a house for myself, that's like kind of gold standard. I feel like that's like, I would love to build a micro, like inside my house to have a micro house with a moat around it I that know. I could. Um, that sounds ideal. Yeah. No, I definitely like ran and like looked up different pictures of like, they call it, it's like the maritime theater, right? It's the mm-hmm. big, the big mm-hmm. structure. Um, and I was like, oh, I forget what that looks like. And I was like, it looks exactly like that. It's that big mm-hmm. circular thing. And yeah, that was Hadrian's Villa was so much fun. Even from an archaeological mm-hmm. perspective, it was like, this is so much fun. <laughs> and the, the little chefs to Antinous, uh, one of my favorite characters from Roman history. I think my, my fun fact that I always tell my students is in, in like Greece, we, there's a lot of Antinous statues and we, I'll get to the statue and I'll be like, OK, like off the top of your heads, who do you think is the most portrayed person in like Roman history, right? You think it'd be like Caesar or Augustus or somebody like that. I'm like, no, it's this kid right here. We have more <laughs> images of this kid than any other living person in all of Rome. And he died in the Nile. Right. Which is also scandalous, right? Maybe, you know, who knows what, what would happen there. Uh, so I had a question that was one of the things that I was kind of thinking about as I was watching is the like the sort of a kind of very Roman thing, but the cultural anxiety, because every time Lucius ends up in Japan. One of the the kind of the thing that breaks his brain is how this culture could be so much more advanced than Rome and what we can learn and bring back. And this kind of like I I called it in my notes, the mm. Grecia Capta kind of like this is a, the, the Roman cultural anxiety of like, what if we're not mm-hmm. the best? And then encountering evidence to support that theory. Right. And like, how do you reconcile that? And yeah, I don't know if, if any of you had thoughts sort of about I, that. Actually, of yeah, that was. I was totally thinking about this because like the other part I really liked about this show is like, you know, we have we have the word Romanization, right? Like this idea that as Rome expanded, Roman culture spread to all of these other people. And it for a more general audience, it's kind of the assumption of like the Romans aren't adopting stuff. They are administering things to others. And I liked that this show was intentionally upending that idea of like Lucius on the sly is going to Japan, getting all these great innovative ideas for baths. And he feels guilty half the time of like using it, but not admitting he's like getting it from this group of people he doesn't know how. And I really like that concept. And I wish it could have been shown in a way that, well, this is actually what was happening in Rome all the time, right? They are in contact with all these different cultures and they are, yes, they're introducing stuff to those cultures. He got so excited when he's like, oh, an architect, he's building the Roman way. Yay, someone likes us. Or like Um, he he sees the bowl in the in the tourist shop and he's like oh a greek meander like they also must be yeah. borrowing from greek I'm like yeah. so much better than greek like how do you like and then yeah that, yeah so like a little bit so i like that it's showing that concept that you know cultural ideas are not a one-way street like we often assume with rome i just wish they would have shown that a little bit more in rome proper itself like in judea or something like that yeah i think over the how should I put this? So this goes back to like the earnestness of, of Lucius a little bit and his sort of like single minded devotion to like Romani toss and like what it means to be a Roman, right? Like it's bizarrely like endearing <laughs> um, yeah. because it's so, uh, it's so like uh, over the top in a sense. Um, yeah. But, yeah. but yet like he's not over the top. Like that's the funny thing about it is he's Modestus, right? Like, Mm-hmm. he's the, the the modest humble guy or whatever but like i think yeah his brain gets like broken 
Um, and he has, you know, these feelings, like this inferiority complex or something. But I feel like as the series goes on, it gets like less, it goes less from being a threat to being like a feeling of admiration. Like he mm-hmm. feels less um, anxious about it. I think the guilt is sort of still there about like using this and bringing it back. But it does seem like he, his mind gets like open a, a little yeah. bit more to like having some regard for these people and, you know, being able to be like, okay, wow, this, you know, there are things to learn here from these amazing, you know, advanced uh, humans that, uh, or this culture that is, is not Rome, right? So it's like Rome for him, at first it seems super threatening to not be the center of the universe, but somehow he adjusts. And so I, I liked that because I do feel like kind of speaking to Christie's point, it's like, it was a two-way street. And yes, maybe it didn't depict that, on the ground in, you know, Rome in the second century. But like that process was, we do still see it happening. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe it's an overly rosy picture because of course, yes, all the the bloodshed and the murder and mayhem that it takes to get to that point is elided here, certainly. Um, And so there is a little bit of an issue there, I would say, insofar as like, you know, he doesn't walk away thinking like Rome isn't great. Like Rome is still great. Right. right. You know? yeah. It's not like he changes that much. <laughs> um, you know, he's not, he doesn't become a critic, but I do think it is, it's just still instructive to be able to say in this very subtle way, like, oh no, you know, the Romans are taking from others and observing from others and not all just like, yes, doling it out and, and doing it their way. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I appreciated that about it, but I, I do find myself at times being like, this is a little celebratory in this unironic way of Rome, but maybe Mm -hmm. it's winking at me the whole time. I couldn't quite tell. I don't know. Like, and I'm curious to hear what you guys think too, like about like this depiction of Hadrian as yeah. this sort of like good guy, just sort of a, a there, it's like they nodded towards him being like a complicated figure, but like really he comes off as like a it's a pretty sanitized version yeah. of him, I would yeah. say. So yeah. I'm also kind of curious to hear your thoughts yeah. about all of that. That was a lot. I I liked Lucius's like uh, I guess attitude toward everything because it felt very it felt very real and very Roman. Of like, of course he would think that. Romans the center of the earth and that they do everything the best. And so I, it it made a lot of sense that this would keep challenging that for him. And I, I liked that that was, if you could even call it like a conflict, that that was his conflict was like, can I learn something new? Oh, I can. Great. Mm-hmm. And that, that seemed to really like line up with a lot of just what we kind of know about Roman culture in like, you know, as a whole of just sort of thinking that, yep, we're going to do it the Roman way, which is the right way, whether or not we admit that we're, you know, using this two way street and gaining a lot of things from others, we're just going to call it Roman. And then it is Roman. And I I liked that kind of that, that give and take. And it it made a lot of sense to me that of course a Roman would think like this, of course, a Roman, if they showed up in any modern day scenario would would have these reactions and would think about things in this way. I, I liked that. I thought it was fun. Yeah. I, I think there was one really other subtle change was like initially when he first went there, he assumed 
all of the flat-faced people were slaves. Yeah. And I think he slowly kind of drops that idea eventually of assuming that there's... Is this the show being, like, self-disparaging about other Japanese people? Because it's sort of like all of the Romans were drawn as, like, these, like, physical like sculpture people walking around or at least a lot of them. And then when he's in modern Japan, everybody is much older and kind of less, you know, cut for lack of a better word. Um, that seemed to be a very amount of humor that, that he's there, that he's this like kind of Greek God statue. And then he's surrounded by a bunch of middle-aged kind of slightly dopey guys and things like that. But I don't know. I was, I was wondering, am I like, am I thinking too hard about this? Is this, is it like negging on itself? <laughs> I think I've, like, I like I wondered if that was like a subtle change because he eventually drops the slave part, but he, he continues to call them the flat faced people. He never endeavors to communicate in a way to like actually learn about them. He's mm-hmm. more just obsessed with the things they're doing as opposed to like who they are as a people, which also makes sense, actually. Right. Like of how. He's dealing with that anxiety initially of like, oh, look how advanced these people are. But I can learn to do that. I can accomplish these things. I can help use it to make Rome great. And therefore, I'm on an equal footing with them at the end of the day. And so I, it, it's, it's weird because we've talked about that too, right? Of um, In I, Claudius or I can't remember which, we've done so many shows, about like how it's British actors... Yeah, it, it, how the British actors are talking about how bad slaves are from B- Britannia. And they're like, yeah. oh. So it, it feels like, you know, if we're thinking about the author being Japanese and like, are these like backhanded compliments of Japanese culture? Or, or like, it, sometimes it's hard to read um, in that regard, which makes it fun, honestly. Yeah, I think what I part of what I really liked about this show and found so refreshing, particularly in contrast to all of the heavy drama that we've just been watching, is it's just earnestness. And like sometimes, yes, mm-hmm. that bleeds into jingoism, I guess, but you know, or at least on the Lucius side. But I did really like how sort of earnest it is, even if it is maybe reductive or something, but that's what I kind of liked so much. And then this this theme, particularly in that episode where it's uh, in Rome, there are these sort of German veterans who are roughhousing and horse playing in the baths. And then in Japan, it's it's a bunch of Russian tourists, I think, or something like that. Yep. Um, and this like, but this, this theme and just even throughout the show, but especially in that episode of like baths, that's this like cultural bridge, right? Where everybody can, we can overcome our differences and disagreements, you know, with a good soak. As long as you behave, which is interesting <laughs> yeah, so to think about, right? Yeah, you know, follow, follow the rules. Um, but that's, you know, only I think I feel like that's reasonable. Uh, but but that isn't I think that's not really an answer, I think, to Kiara's question. But I don't yeah, know, I, I don't like, know that I, we answered your question. <laughs> well, I, that's OK. I don't know if there is an answer to my question, but I I guess I just found myself sometimes being like, am I getting like sucked into this rosy? Like, should I be being more critical of this or can I just like enjoy this? You know? I, yeah, yeah. Um, because I do think there's a way you could like rip this apart, right? Um, sure. I mean, like, yeah. This is like problematic because mm-hmm. it is sort of like celebrating Rome and, mm-hmm. you know, taking out like the colonization aspect and the mm-hmm. like ugly side of like this. But, but no, I mean, I think the point is to, like you said, like kind of celebrate bathing as the, mm-hmm. s- the civilizing factor, the thing that these cultures share 
a point of contact, a point of continuity, you know, a point of like similarity for them. And so, you know, I think I'm going into it, I understand like that's what this is about helps to say, okay, we don't, and, and not only that, like we can get all the battles and the bloodshed everywhere else. So I just yeah, feel like yeah. there's so much yeah. that, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so I'm, I'm like, I'm giving it a, like a little bit of a pass. And also because I would say like, you can tell like she's been pretty thoughtful about like situating it within this narrative of, you know, Hadrian's reign. And um, there is some politicking certainly going on in terms of like how the emperors are using the baths to curry favor and, you know, to create, Mm -hmm. you know, goodwill towards whatever the successor among the the people. And so there is like this aspect of it. I think that is still acknowledging something more cynical. Um, I I like we get a young Marcus Aurelius, who's this like wunderkid, like natural leader from a young age. Uh, And he's like, I wonder this guy's going places. And that that feels (laughs) like one of those. I don't know what to what to call this trope, right? But you get the, the child version of the kid who's going to be famous in the future. Yep. I'm yep. suddenly reminded of maybe the most random example of it, but in the movie Shanghai Nights, we meet a young Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yes. uh, if anybody remembers the sequel to Shanghai Noon, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that that our hesitancy or maybe of like the questioning of like should we be critical of a reception like this and i wonder if that's sort of just a product of like the current state of scholarship and academia and reception where so much of like you know if you spend any time on like any sort of classics oriented blog or reception work and journal and it's it's you know very much diving into the kind of ways things have been reduced or or simplified or and how that creates sort of problematic aspects of classical reception that's just that's been the soup we've been swimming in Part of maybe like this is a to take the metaphor, right? It just felt like a refreshing bath because it was just like, I just don't have to worry about like, or I don't want to worry about is this a problematic work of reception? Because I can sense it's sort of earnesty and it's sort of like the good intentions behind it. And I'm like, fine, I'm ready to just just let it wash over me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and sometimes we need that. Like I... Andy hadn't seen what I was watching for this week. And, um, and then he saw, saw a thing. It's like, okay, what is this? What is this about? It's like, well, what's the, what's like one thing that's in common between Rome and modern day Japan? And his, his first response was emperor. And I'm like, you know what? You're not wrong, but like, and that that's what's kind of interesting, right? Like you don't explore Imperial Japan in that way, even though mm. it's hinted at in Rome. And that is another kind of connecting feature um, between those cultures that the that's not the focus though and I think that's refreshing in and of itself because similar to the show Rome it's like we love that we get to see the little people while the crazy Julius Caesars of the world are going off and doing crazy things you're just trying to live your life and yeah, I was that's just thinking about that on. When uh, Colin was talking about seeing this Marcus Aurelius, like you're seeing it through the eyes of Lucius, just like Polo and Varanus, like, you know, Mm -hmm. you're kind of like, it's like all focalized through them, right? So like at the end when they like rescue the Caesarean or Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, like it's kind of that that same structure. And I I kind of wonder, like, I'm sure she probably watched Rome. Sure. Maybe, you know, maybe that was a source of inspiration for her was just to, to, to structure it in that mm-hmm. way through the eyes of like regular Joe Roman 
but instead of a soldier, like he's an architect, right? And that's yeah. going to yeah. appeal to her own sensibilities as an artist, of course. And yeah. Um, like, we so, don't get that a lot. Well, there's also, like, other, I feel like, Joe Romans in the show as well. Like, his friend who's, like, the sculptor, his friend who, who like, sells the kebabs or something, right? And, like, has a family. Or, like, he, like, meets everyday people. And it's, like, they are also using, enjoying, and benefiting from the bath. And, like, that's, that's like, the overarching point, right? Is that, like, all of these people, even if they're not the emperor, are still a part of this. And that's still important. Mm-hmm. And to, to the point that like a theme of this show is kind of celebrating maybe undersung aspects of, of both cultures or to the point where we don't really get a lot. We, we get we get flashes of like gladiators and soldiers, but we don't really spend a lot of time with any of the tropier parts you think of when you think of Rome, aside from just some brief cameos like chariots and gladiators and mm-hmm. armies clashing. And on the flip side, right, we don't see any like samurai or anything like that. All yeah, the things that yeah. might the parts of Japanese culture that are kind of inundated in popular media. You know, it's it's really sure. it's just like well, let's think about the baths. Like we don't spend enough time in the baths. <laughs> I think if the show had a thesis that might be it. <laughs> uh, I will say though, if you watch enough anime, every slice of life sort of show there is, is gonna end up at the bath eventually. That makes sense. As we as we like hit one hour here, I want to like ask you guys about other bathing cultures like what because this made me think about like what other cultures have like really really strong like bathing. turkish bath or like yeah. russian bathhouses yeah so yeah like so the the other thing so turkish baths came to mind yeah but also i mean i live in northern minnesota and i cannot escape like this like nordic scandinavian sauna culture that is up mm-hmm. here which has like the, you know, the cold plunge where you jump in Lake Superior through the ice and then you jump in the hot sauna. And like, I could that see that. Insane. <laughs> it was really fun, Colin. We had a good time. Um, Lake Superior, how cold is Lake Superior in the winter? Very, very. It's like, like a foot of ice that we have to cut through when we jump in. Yikes. But like that, that's like what happens in like the first episode, right? Like they go between the hot and the cold and it like... Mm-hmm does something to like regulate your nervous system. I don't know, something, something health, but it just, it made me think of like aspects of other cultures that also would have this in common. Cause I think it's, it's very, very clear that we see this dialogue between Roman bathing and Japanese bathing, but I think there's aspects that we could like find in other places as well. Go worldwide with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, or like the other part that I absolutely loved was the food stuff. Like, Oh yeah, yeah. That like that, uh, especially the steamed bun, uh, uh, red paste, the what, red yeah, the paste, paste bun. Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, I want one of those so badly. When he orders ramen, I got, I was starting to oh, get, I was like, man, I made the wrong choice for dinner tonight. Yeah. <laughs> And then there's a scene where where the creator she in one of the documentaries she goes to like a, a hotel and they have the they show the meal that she eats and she gets like some sashimi and like a little hot pot where she cooks it I'm like that looks so freaking good. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I feel like food is probably the the strongest equivalent that I could see across multiple cultures and like I've always like said my favorite thing about traveling is going and experiencing. Not just like the food, but the actual dining experience, especially like getting out of sure. the United States because like our dining experience sucks. But yeah, yeah, I, I feel like that I like that that was incorporated a lot, too. And that we got to see like, OK, how is he going to try and recreate fruit milk? 
in, right? It was so good. <laughs> in Rome. And uh, I think at some point he like calls something garum, right? It tastes it's like fish garum. sauce. Yeah. He's like, yeah. this is garum. I'm like, yeah. That sent me down a whole rabbit hole about like is his garum survived in other cu- world cuisines and things like that? Yes. Or like, are there are there precedents in Comparanda? <laughs> and he he brought the little piece of gyoza back. <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> okay, so this is this is maybe a question. This is maybe a question to wrap it up. This is a question that Eli and I have, have pondered a lot, but we can make it more specific, right? If you were to have a Lucius experience where you time travel from some modern place back to ancient Rome, right? What would you bring with you or what would you want to bring with you if you were to reintroduce something into the Roman world or the antique, the antique world, which the world of okay, antiquity. So we're there bringing we something from the modern to the ancient. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. You come back with a stuffed teddy bear or a piece of piece of gyoza or something like that. I always think when I think about this question, which apparently I think about kind of often <laughs> now that you've brought it up, um, I always think they would be fascinated by anything that can like record something like so a, uh, yeah. photo- a photograph, like a, mm-hmm. a camera or like a tape recorder. I mean, I know that's not super sophisticated technology. Um, mm-hmm. Like if they could hear recorded music, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Wasn't yeah. Live, mm-hmm. Or if they could see like that you could take a picture and like have it. And be a, like, and then be away from someone and still have their image or still be able to hear their voice. To me, like, I think that would like blow their freaking minds. I mean, yes, like an airplane or whatever, also that, but like, <laughs> I just think, I don't know, because I'm maybe just like a people person or something, or there's something emotional about it that that would be so mind blowing for ancient yeah. people. I don't know. Yeah, my, my mind went to like music. I'm like, I want to bl- bring Olivia Rodrigo to the Romans. <laughs> Yeah, could you bring the the blues or something back in time? No, I'm going to bring Gen Z pop. <laughs> yeah, even just like I think a, a musical instrument would be would be fun because there's like different variations and versions of them in the ancient world. But I think seeing like you know what thousands of years will do to a musical instrument to bring it back, I think that would be really fun mm-hmm. as well. I guess we're also we're, we're disregarding the prime directive. Like we don't have to worry about like yeah, totally up this culture by like giving them something that we're like not ready for. Um, right. I would introduce toilet paper, though. I, I like that I was really mine. feel like we got yeah, toilet, yeah, we got that, was, that was one of mine. I was like mass produced toilet paper. <laughs> or somebody even just said once like germ theory, the idea of germ theory. Mm-hmm. If you could plant that seed, that could that yeah. Could go a long way. Humoral pathology sticks around for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, like just bringing some ana- antibiotics that might also be like you know some good, mold on some, some bread. Kind of- like wait, wait, mm-hmm. we can do well, something. We with come this. back around bidets, right? Maybe there would be a way to bidets. bring bideting. But into- yeah, no, the bidet was smart. I'm like, oh, that was a good call. Lucius is looking at this sponge on his stick, and he's like, this cannot mm-hmm. be sanitary. Let's not do this. <laughs> yeah, I was like, he's idea. he's sort of ahead of his time there, thinking mm-hmm. that that there's something problematic about that. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think, yeah, just at the end of the day, this show, apart from the like, we could all take more baths um, <laughs> theme was about like, like I said, I'm somewhere earlier on, like this tradition versus innovation pool. Like, mm-hmm. and it's funny because like he encounters like all these old people all the time, like yeah. in, 
mm-hmm. in Japan. And like the whole where the show starts off from is that he wants to create old fashioned baths. Like that's what mm-hmm. he wants to do is like bring back or preserve mm-hmm. this old mm-hmm. kind of bath. And everybody's like, no, no, no. It's like there's this like new way of doing things. And so the internal struggle that he has between like innovating by bringing the stuff from the future back. And like his self, who is he's like an old timey, like traditional, like weird tooth, pietas, disciplina guy. Um, <laughs> it it reflects the broader, I think, Roman as a culture issue that they had also with that, right? Like like the good old days of the Republic, right? Versus mm-hmm. the decadent and luxurious you know, decline that we have, you know, like that we've sunk ourselves into this, that whole discourse. Right. So there's something like very Roman, I think about like watching that all play out in the guise of just this one figure. Mm -hmm. And I, I, and I think like Japan probably has a really similar concern as a very traditional culture, culture, you know, this sort of reverence for your elders kind of culture. Like how do we balance um, the old and the new, you know? And one that modernized so quickly. We're like, I don't know mm-hmm. if there's any other country on earth that went through a modernization as dramatic and as rapid as Japan did. Sure. Where they, yeah. they went from life in the 1600s to life in the early 19th century, like in a matter of years, which I think about sometimes because I don't know if I've, any of you are, have been watching Demon Slayer, but I, I like sent me down this rabbit hole because that show oh, so is set good. in – the Taisho period, which as I, mm-hmm. I like learned is like a very tiny window. It's like only like maybe 12 years or so, like right between basically the reopening of Japan and then eventually like the new democracy and then the takeover by um, the government. But it's like in this basically like 15 or so year period, they went from like everybody is living like it's the 1600s to now there's like telephone lines and trains and like modern technology everywhere, which – Right. Just in your own lifetime mm-hmm. to witness like a hundred years of worth of innovation happen right in front of you. Yeah. That's got to, that's wild to think about to me. Um, Definitely. But uh, yeah, no, um, excellent. So I guess we're kind of coming up on a natural end. If anyone has any sort of other closing thoughts, take more. I, I just have to think, I think Livia would have been perfectly happy for Lucius to be gone all the time. We've seen enough Roman woman lives in the other shows to be like, she'd probably be down for that, honestly. <laughs> yeah, why is she so mad? <laughs> why is she so mad? Uh, uh, he works too hard. I don't know what's going on there. Um, I mean, it, I got the, uh, maybe this was just me, but I got the impression that Lucius has never touched his wife. Yes, um, I like, got that impression too. She, she was like, maybe we could have a baby. And he was like, huh? And I was like, is this kind of like, is this like, like a gay thing? Like, you know, we've got Hadrian in here all Sure. Like, you know, is this where this is going? But like, it's not where it goes in the manga. Um, <laughs> intriguingly, I thought, I thought that was, was it, maybe it was me, but I was also reading vibes between Hadrian and Lucius. I was like, and totally, this feels, this, totally. The because- part where they like embrace, and I was like, what's going on here? Um, yeah, but, it's like, are we about to kiss? Um, like, oh my god, should right, we just yeah. go make out in the bath? What if we made? I out mean, in the bath? we do know what that Hadrian likes himself some handsome guys. <laughs> <laughs> Lucius, as we have learned from everyone else, is cut. So, like, uh, yeah. So, I don't know. I'm very curious as to <laughs> Lucius's romantic and sexual life of what's going on there. But we might just have to wait for season two. Uh, it is kind of funny how unsexual sometimes, although there is, considering how much nudity there is in the show, yeah. uh, it seems very desexualized. I, 
with some exceptions. Okay, the other comment I have to say is, like, I was really impressed with, like, all of the creative ways they're covering it up. And then there was one episode I was like, oh, we just give up. Just do the net, like, the <laughs> yeah, plot. Yeah, <laughs> just have pixelation. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> right, no koi fish in front, you know. Like, yes, the koi fish was my favorite. <laughs> yeah. It's like the scene in Austin Powers where he's running through and everything. Yes, solid. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean that speaks to this issue of like you know we didn't see a lot of violence and you know we didn't see a lot of sex well, most mm-hmm. nudity i've ever seen in a single show I'm yeah the, sure. the, ch- the chastity to nudity ratio was pretty wild yeah um, and that's yeah. kind of impressive honestly you know it's totally. like kind of breath of fresh air maybe you know mm-hmm. absolutely yeah i would agree all right breath of fresh air we'll breath leave of it fresh uh, air. <laughs> all over the body <laughs> Kira, thank you so much for joining us. We hope we uh, this was a great way to spend your Wednesday evenings. Um. Yeah, this is so fun. It's always so much better to like watch with some some buddies. You know, like I'm oh. I'm super happy I was able to like like talk through this experience with some people because Definitely. you know I was this isn't for everyone, mm-hmm. but like I think if you're if you if it is for you, like you're gonna love it. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Yes. You know? So I'm so happy you guys were into it and enjoyed it as much as I did. If listeners want to read or see or hear more from you, Kiara, where can they do that? So you can always visit my website, which is animatedantiquity.com. I'm posting there, you know, regularly still. I'm still finding new amazing uh, animation and still writing about it. Um, Of course, you can... Send me a good old-fashioned email. You can find me at Vanderbilt University. I don't have anything big coming up, except I am working on an edited volume on animation in the ancient world with Toph Marshall from um, UBC. And so we are, I'd say, maybe like a third of the way through that process. I anticipate this book coming out 2024. Five. Let's just let's just figure, cross our fingers and say twenty twenty five. So there will be sadly no talk of thermi romai in the book, but we do have one contributor who will be writing about Olympia Kuklos, which is another Mari Yamazaki manga that got turned into anime. That's about the Olympics, and it's sort oh of another time travel story, but this time obviously like focused on Greece and then Tokyo and the Tokyo Olympics. Um, so cool and it's awesome and crazy also and wonderful and the the chapter of the book about it is going to be fantastic so um so yeah so you know so we're gonna we will be kind of engaging with some of her other work and so yeah that's that's kind of me at the moment um but i i do yeah just encourage everyone to go watch more cartoons um take more baths watch more cartoons (laughs) Yes. Do do both, right? Watch cartoons in the bath. That's how I yeah, do them together. Don't, Absolutely. don't drop your computer in the bath. Like no, it was no. water dripping from the curtains. That's what uh, did it. It was okay, I didn't okay. drop it. Yes. I didn't no like electronics in the bath, please. Yeah. Everyone who's listening. Yeah. So uh on that note, thank you everyone for listening. If you enjoy, please rate and review us on services like Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out a lot. You can find us uh both at our website at moviesvdig.com as well as on Blue Sky uh, at, at Dig Movies and Instagram. Uh, you can donate to us at Kofi. 
We'll be back soon as we return to our theme this season of Rome in television. So thank you everybody for listening. Thank you, Kiara, again. And bye. 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 Thank you.